Welcome to the Glam Life Podcast, where we empower and inspire beauty professionals to take their careers to the next level. Your host, Victoria, is a certified business coach with over a decade of experience in the beauty industry, helping countless beauty professionals start and grow successful businesses. Now she's sharing her knowledge and expertise with you. Whether you're just starting out in the beauty industry or looking to take your business to new heights, this podcast is for you, covering topics like community, management, branding, and much more. So join us on this journey to build the beauty business of your dreams. Good morning. Hi, I am your host, Victoria Rocca. If you know me on Instagram, you probably know me as Victoria Glam, Victoria.glam, actually, to be specific. Um, two things. One, I need to be very gentle with my voice today because, listen, this happens every spring to me. Um, pollen comes out and my voice goes away. So I'm, I'm going to baby it as much as I can. Secondly, this is more exciting news. We are going to start doing the podcast twice a week. How exciting. Yay. Starting in May, um, the podcast will be coming out on Mondays and then again on Thursday mornings. So, excuse me, like I said, I really need to baby it. So last week we were discussing bad hiring practices or at least like poor hiring practices, right? This week I want to talk to you a little bit about bad management bad management. So bad management practices for your beauty business. I mean, honestly, effective management is essential for the success of any business, right? But unfortunately, many businesses make mistakes that lead to negative outcomes for both the employee and for the business, which usually means that the clients are the ones who suffer, right? Oh, Skims just dropped something. Okay, we don't care. (laughs) Sorry, guys. I, I get distracted so easily. I really have to kind of stay on task as much as I can. I'm really loving ChatGPT for that. Is anybody else using ChatGPT? I use it for a lot of things, including helping me manage the team. So let's let's kind of get back on track here. Um, some common bad management practices in the beauty industry are as follows, and I'll try and relate to them as much as I can, right? So lack of communication. We touched on this a little bit last week in bad hiring. Um, I was saying, you know, if there's there's a lot of confusion, if there's not great communication, people don't necessarily know what's expected of them or maybe what their KPIs are or what their responsibilities and duties are, and which leads to you having higher expectations and them literally being incapable of fulfilling them, right? How on earth are they going to fulfill any kind of hiring, uh, I'm sorry, any kind of um, expectations if they don't know what they are. It goes back to the same thing that we say with ideal client, right? Like people can't, if you're not marketing your business, people can't buy art if they don't know you exist. Well, people cannot meet expectations if they don't know what they are, right? So that communication actually is very important. It's important for managers to be able to communicate effectively with their team and ensure that everyone is on the same page, everyone understands the big picture idea and the goals, as well as what each individual is responsible for and is not responsible for. Because let me tell you something, I don't want anybody managing me who's not my manager. Additionally, let's move on to the next one, micromanaging. I don't want anyone who's supposed to be managing me trying to do my job for me. Then you do it then. Damn. Okay, that's how you want it done? That very specific way? You don't like the way that I do? Okay, great. 
then you do it then. Because I'm fucking out of here. Micromanaging is stressful as fuck. And it creates a stressful work environment. And it can honestly lead just to decreased productivity. You don't think I'm good at it anyway. So you just do it then. I'm not going to do it. Because it's annoying when I do it. I'm doing my best. And you're standing here over my shoulder telling me do it this way. Do it that way. Don't do that. Leave me the fuck alone. (sighs) Leave me alone. I hate that shit. I really hate that shit. My five-year-old Waylon micromanages me. I am raising my bully, okay? And Waylon really will correct me. He will micromanage me. I mean, the other day he asked me if I would make <clears throat> if I would make um, chicken nuggets when we got home from school. And I said, maybe, we'll see. He was like, please, it's really easy. I was like, I don't know, Waylon, we'll see. It's not that I don't know how to fucking make chicken nuggets at 35 years old, thanks. 34. Um, it's that I didn't know if we had any. But I also didn't feel the need to over-explain myself. So my five-year-old then starts telling me, Mom, it's so easy. You just get a plate out and you put like five of them on the plate and you put it in the microwave and then when it dings, you're all done. It's so easy. I'm going to help you. Well, then you fucking do it then, Waylon. Damn. (sighs) Jesus Christ. It's important for managers to trust their team to do the job that they were hired for. If you believe that person has the skill set, if you believe that person has been trained well by you, then trust them. And if not, then it's your fault to begin with because you're the one who hired them and thought that they could do the job. You're the one who trained them on how to do the job. So if they're not performing, it's your fucking fault. Nobody ever wants to accept blame, by the way, especially in the beauty industry. People always blame the client. They always blame the employee. They always say nobody wants to work anymore. But how much of that responsibility are you actually shouldering? Because it's your business and you're the one doing the hiring and you're the one doing the training and you're the one doing the follow-ups and you're the one who is responsible for and tasked with keeping up with your team. So are you providing the guidance that's actually necessary or are you simply frustrated because of your lack of communication and now you're micromanaging? Because that is the fastest way to go back to last week and have to rehire. Just FYI. And let's just go ahead and couple this next one in with that failing to provide feedback. That goes with lack of communication. Failing to provide feedback leads to employees feeling undervalued, unsure of their job performance. And then when you do tell them, yo, you know, this was a big screw up or whatever. Now it feels extra, extra negative because they've never heard any positive feedback either. And they've been feeling uncertain about their position for some time. It's important for managers to provide feedback and also to recognize their team's accomplishments. Like I am so quick to give out superlatives, to name a salesman of the year. Um, I love to give out the Glammies once a year. The Glammies are like the Grammys, but for Victoria Glam, right? And uh, and everybody, they're silly and they're fun and it really builds company culture. But also, I always tuck in a little bit of truth in there to make sure that the employees know what they're doing right and what I love about them. And having, you know, a quarterly one-on-one where you say, yo, I'm loving these things is great. But also having even one or two minutes a day where you provide even informal feedback saying, Hey, we didn't quite hit the number that I wanted yesterday. Let's challenge ourselves. Let's see if we can hit five or double that or whatever. That's That counts as feedback and it makes that person feel more kind of enveloped in the company culture and more endeared to you because you're trying. You guys are working as a team. You're helping and they, they really want 
I don't know, not, not to please you, but they really want that positive feedback, you know? Additionally, this is like favoritism. Let's talk about it. Favoritism can really craft like a great relationship between you and one person. And maybe you guys can two man a lot of things, but favoritism can also create a very toxic work environment. Favoritism can lead to resentment among employees. And it's honestly important that you treat all of your employees fairly uh, and equally, not only in the eyes of the law, but also in the eyes of company culture, because you don't want your golden child who is performing, who you would love to lavish with feedback and favoritism and all the rest. You don't want them to become the, uh, the eye of resentment amongst the rest of your team, because then they will be scapegoated. Um, and isolated and ultimately they'll leave so favoring one person above the rest can actually cost you that really great employee additionally you don't want to be constantly hiring other people around the team right like you don't want high turnover in those positions that you're maybe not spending as much time and attention on someone smart told me this a very long time ago they said perception is reality so if you have a one-on-one with a staff member where you're actually giving them a little bit of maybe uh constructive feedback maybe some maybe like a little um maybe they fucked up right so you're having a conversation with them and then you immediately walk over to front desk lean over the desk and you're chatting with the the secretary for a while the front desk person for a while reception whatever you want to call that position and you guys start giggling about something it could be completely innocent you might be talking about something else but what do you think the employee you just dressed down is going to feel like right So perception is reality. Let's say you ran a daycare and mama walks in and you are staring at your phone. Her first thought is that nobody's watching her baby. Now, it doesn't matter if you were scrolling on TikTok or if you were texting your mom back or if you were answering another parent or if you were changing the Pandora radio station while they're all playing basketball. It doesn't matter because her perception is the only reality that matters. The way that she perceived things is the way that she is now going to approach the situation she's walking up to, right? You have to feel that way about your employees as well. The way that you treat them, the way that you speak to them, the way that you value them, even the way that you correct them and teach them is go- is so important that it's framed correctly in a way that it will be well received, especially for people who are unhealed. And I know we don't talk about that kind of shit a lot, but I had an employee like this and I can't tell you how many times I had to defend her to other employees. Even after letting her go, I still had to remind them, this is someone who is not operating from the same level of perception as you and I, because she is an unhealed person who has been harmed many times. And while that sounds like an excuse, That doesn't mean that she gets to continue to act poorly on our team and stay on our team. No, I let her go. But regardless of how she responded to being let go, the text messages she sent, the things she posted, it really doesn't matter because I am of the Gary Vee school of thought and that I'm simply going to meet her with compassion because I understand that when you are unhealed, everything feels like an attack. So even if I were to give her constructive feedback on how to write some of the things she was doing incorrectly around the shop, it really wouldn't have mattered because she would have still continued to see it as an attack because that's her perception. That's the point of view she's coming from. Remember, you guys, I told you, you've got to look for these red flags in the hiring phase. 
Otherwise, you're going to have to deal with them on the back end, which means a whole lot of management. And if you have poor management skills coupled with bad hiring skills, you might as well just go and work at Target. I'm telling you, it'll be a lot less stress in your life. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, so those are some of like the more common, I would say, bad management practices. Let's talk about the consequences. So just like last week, just like last week, all of this bad management, just like bad hiring, can lead to high turnover rates. I'm going to go ahead and crack a, a water. Um, have you guys tried these? This is not a commercial. Have you tried these um, Spindrift sparkling waters? They're terrible. And I just keep drinking them. I just like them so much. They're absolutely awful. When I was pregnant with my second son, Henry, I craved the lemon ones all the time. Uh, my body wanted these more than anything. I didn't want to eat food or anything. I just wanted lemon water spindrifts. And someone asked me, are those good? You are always drinking those. And I remember being honest with him and saying, no, they're terrible. And I just could I can't stop drinking them. Thanks, hand dog. I have this horrible habit now. Anyway, back to turnover rates. Um, yeah, bad management practices lead to high turnover. Um, people are going to leave. People are not going to stay somewhere where they're not happy. And you've heard this saying before. People don't leave jobs. People leave like management, right? People don't leave because they don't like their job. People leave because they don't like the management. And that's really costly and it's really disruptive for your business. And honestly, it's fucking embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Um, additionally, poor poor management, decreased productivity, Bad management practices lead to decreased productivity. Employees feel demotivated, especially with that micromanagement. Maybe that's just for me, but oof, oof, that really gets me. Remember in office space when he was like, oh, you forgot to fill out your TPS report. He's like, oh yeah, sorry, I forgot. Uh, Did you not get that memo? He was like, no, I have the memo right here. I simply forgot. He's like, okay, well, you're going to have to do it and I'll make sure you get another copy of that memo. And then he's talking to the Bobs later in his like, evaluation or whatever and he was like I have eight bosses eight so when I fuck up eight different people come to tell me about it that is so demotivating and honestly so stressful like oh my god at this point I will just line the eight people up myself and be like hey I fucked up I know about it okay I don't need you all to come to my desk this is why I can't work in an office that sounded absolutely fucking miserable to me I'm just hard pass um And then, of course, there's always the damage to your brand, right? Bad management practices lead to damaging your brand's reputation. Employees might share their negative experiences on social media or on review sites. Customers can feel the bad vibes. They will talk about it. Employees will talk about it amongst themselves, which could lead to a whole mutiny or a walkout. I have seen that happen before. I've seen an entire salon walk out before. I have seen... A salon owner micromanaged someone so badly to the point that the person left. And then even then, even after the person quit, they continued to attempt to micromanage them saying, you have to do this, you can't do that, you can't whatever. At their own freaking salon after they've left, they don't work for you anymore. And guess what happened? That person turned around and sued them and said, hey, you misclassified me as an employee, but actually you were pretending that I was 1099 so you'd have to pay any taxes. And they won. And everybody who still worked there sat on the side of the fired employee because they agreed. And it's them who's paying all the taxes, right? They're also misclassified. Big mistake. Big. Huge. You Like just why do you want to make it a me versus you situation? I'll never understand. But hardcore bad management practice there. 
Bad management practices can really have serious consequences for your business, whether it's a beauty business or any other business. It's important that managers communicate effectively. It's important that you trust the team you hired, the team you trained. It's important that you provide feedback and also that you provide recognition. You don't own, they don't only hear from you. I have one person who I work with who I secretly call the Grim Reaper because you don't hear from her unless she's coming to bone carry a problem from someone else to you. Hey, so I just wanted to let you know. I already know. I already know it's a problem. Somebody else has a problem with something that I've said or done and it is your job to come and carry that bone to me. That's a problem. That is a problem. I don't hear recognition. I only hear feedback, right? Treating all employees fairly is another one. I have watched that absolutely wreck a team over the last couple of months. Oh my God. It, be, it came down to somebody who really had very poor management skills and somebody on the team said something about it and upper management sided with the manager instead and the whole team was like, you know what? You guys are playing favorite here and it's very obvious and you don't want to hear it. So great. So then we'll we'll go take this party elsewhere. And and people someone was let go, people walked out. And that was a big lesson for me because it taught me that even people who are typically really great at growing, scaling and managing can have some oversights, you can have some slip-ups. You really have to kind of keep your finger on the pulse of your business at all times. Um and I I mean, look, I said then, uh, I think that was a mistake. I think you made the wrong call. But ultimately, management is who makes those decisions, right? You and I, from the outside looking in, can see what's going on. We can feel the vibes from everyone around us, which is what I was saying. Like, other employees feel that vibe. Customers, people on the outside, people who view you on social media can tell when a team is off or when they are resentful or when there is favoritism. It's so important for your brand reputation that you treat your employees very well. And not only that, but that you support them very well. I'm not saying kiss their ass. I'm saying make sure that everyone feels heard. Make sure that everyone feels supported. Give everyone the feedback and the recognition and make sure that you're providing a space for more than one brain. Because if you only listen to one brain, then you'll only ever have one set of ideas. But if you have a conglomerate where you can hear from everyone, then you'll have kind of a better picture of the big scope of things going on in your own business, right? That's just good management. If you have questions about this or if you would like to continue this conversation, please come and meet me over on Instagram at victoria.glam. You will hear from me in just a few short days because we are now going moving to a bi-weekly posting schedule. So you'll be getting twice the podcast from me per week. Um, And if you're excited about that or if this podcast in particular was helpful, please, please, please Leave me a review. I'm begging you. Leave me some podcast reviews. Share this on Instagram so we can grow the Glam Life family. I will see you in just a couple of days and I will talk to you over on Instagram. See you later.